Welcome to the Brandon and Carlos Show, where we talk about societal and political issues from our experiences and perspectives. We do this having fun along the way. Listening, who's been listening and been supporting, we we appreciate it so much. We do, we really do. And uh, with this, with this, what we're trying to do is we're we're trying to just really give you our opinions. Trying to give you our opinions uh, on on uh, what we feel, what we feel is near and dear to us, and what we what we've experienced, what we've seen, and go from there. So I'm gonna kick it over to Brandon. Um, Brandon, like we talked about dating, we talked about a, a variety of different topics uh, from our last show. What really stuck out to you um, that um, that you want to elaborate on? Well, when I listened to it, uh, I, I listened to it several times, which I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. What really stuck out to me was the hurt and the pain that I heard in both of our voices when we started speaking of our past relationship. Right. While we didn't say it with tears in our eyes, and we were very upbeat about it. I still felt the hurt. Mm. I could hear the pain and anguish. What stuck out to me was that we were able to be liberating. Well, we were able to be honest. Right. It was a very liberating feeling. It was. It was. Without any criticism from either you. Mm. Or criticism from me to you about that. Right. You know how we men can be <laughs> overly macho. Yeah. Ah, man, that doesn't hurt. You get over it, that sort of thing. Exactly. We didn't do that with each other, and I found that that was very liberating. So many times we have to be strong. Um, I know you don't have children, but you do have people that look up to you. And I have children and they look up to me. We have to be strong all the time. So that's what it was very liberating to just be vulnerable. That's that's what's up. I felt the same way. Um I've never really I've never really discussed the pain or the anguish or even the time frame that it took me to get over uh, my divorce. Um, I'll I tell you what though one of the things that that I have learned um, it takes it's definitely two people uh, it takes two people to make a marriage work and although I know that I played my part uh, in the marriage if I had something to do over in my marriage it would be communicate more openly with my my now ex-wife um, one of the things that I was feeling at the time was I was feeling depressed because I was working a job that took me away from everything that I ever knew. It took me away from church. It took me away from my family. It took me away from everything that meant something to me. And then along the way, as I was trying to obtain my CDL, I took the test four times and I failed. 
And on the fifth time, they told me that if I would have failed this test again, that I would go from making a certain amount of money to way lesser. Like it was like a $5 an hour decrease. And I was already paying the majority of the bills. I was paying 95 to 95% of the bills. So I was really in, I felt like, uh, I felt less than, I felt less than adequate because I was like, man, if I fail again, I'm going to let my family down. And I don't know if people really understand that feeling of letting the most important people down in your life. It is heartbreaking. It is nerve wracking. And it's downright irritating, especially if you've never failed on that level before, which I had. Up until that time, any any test that I had to pass, anything that I had to do, I was able to do it with no reservations, very little, um, very little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, resistance. And for the first time ever in my life, I had to really deal with failure, failing a test four times, knowing that if I failed again, that that was all. Everything that I was really working toward and spent the last year to get to, all the obstacles and everything, that that was it. I was going to let my family down and it was going to really change our living arrangements. So um, I, needless to say, I ended up passing on the fifth time. And it was such a relief. And also around that time, one of my good friends passed away. We were brought up. We were basically born together. You know, we were born in the same church, my grandparents' church in Indianapolis. And we were six weeks apart. And he passed away from a aneurysm in his sleep. And we had just caught up with each other after years of not really talking. And he was so happy where he was. He had just gotten married uh, to the love of his life. Um, I was I was at the wedding um, and we were about to kick it and hang out and really reconnect and then the next thing I know I get a phone you know a phone call and he passes away in his sleep and it just it broke me down like it like I shed tears for like days because just the whole heaviness of the situation I was in my, my marriage had begun to you know I just found out that she had in fact cheated um, I was struggling with not being in church. I was struggling around not being around my family. Then he passes away, and it was just a really dark time. It was a really dark time. So um, I had never really, never really talked about that with really anybody. And to to bring that back out really was liberating. And I don't have to suppress that. I can now talk about it, and I. I hope me talking about it allows for other men to be able to to unpack their feelings because we're never going to be able to move forward unless we confront and, and deal with what we have uh, going on because I don't want to take that into my next relationship. As I told you last podcast, I want to be able to love freely with no reservations. I want to be able to give the next person who I fall in love with all of me good, bad, flaws. I don't want to have to walk on eggshells to tell you how I'm feeling. 
I don't want to have to walk on eggshells or be circumspect if I'm really having a tough day or I feel less than because I failed. I don't want to be looked at as like you're less than a man because you failed. Even though I busted my tail and I've been busting my tail because that's a very real feeling and it's a very nasty feeling if you go to work every day, work hard, pay bills, do what you're supposed to do as a man and you come home and there's no support. That's a, that's tough. And I've been there. I've been there. Um, and it's, it's, it's not a good feeling. It's not, it's not. So, um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at. And that's why this real, this topic is really important to me, um, about sharing my, I guess for lack of a better word, testimony and what I've been through, hoping that it will help other people, other men, especially, and help women understand the thought process of a man and what we truly go through, the mental anguish that we truly go through. Well, I, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. We need more opportunities for us men to tell our story. Mm. Men have been hurt so bad to where there is a group of men, a whole bunch of men that decide that or have decided that they will never date again. Yeah. And like they're serious about it. We spoke about it a little bit or kind of hit the hit it and missed it about this movement called MIGTO for short. Uh, that MIGTO stands for men going their own way. That's men going their own way. And basically they have decided that they're not going to have anything to do with a woman. Um, sexually, mentally, relationshiply. Uh, I don't believe that they have uh, excommunicated men from or excuse me, women from business arena. Um, obviously, I don't think anyone would be able to do that. Right. But they, I mean, that's a pretty depressing place to be to where you say you never want to be with a woman again. It, <laughs> I mean, it is. There's a, that, there's a lot of hurt and resentment that goes into making that type of decision. I found them to be very interesting, to say the least. Um, I really want to do a whole show about that movement and, mm. and interview some people from that movement. Yeah, I think that would be very, very informational and very relatable because one of the things, one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I'm only 36, but as far as having relationships Nobody is really teaching how to have a healthy relationship. And what happens is we go into something not really knowing what we're doing or even how to do it. And you're dealing with matters of the heart. So then something is said and something is done that hurts and you don't know how to deal with it. 
you don't know what to do with it. You don't even know how to articulate it. And it builds up. And, you know, as society, society teaches us as men never to show weakness. Never to show that anything hurts. We're just supposed to take it, just keep getting hit, and just take it like moving on to the next. Well, I'm here to tell you it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. What happens is we internalize it and we take it out on the next one. You're not going to get me the same way. If she cheated this way, you're not going to get me the same way. I'm not going to give my all to you. I'm not going to let you know that I, you know, I really care about you and love you because if I do that, then I'm vulnerable. And yet and still, we're walking around wounded and we're walking around hurt. And then, even, then we mess around and we do a good a good, you know, woman wrong and they walk around with the hurts and the pains and we're just taking turns hurting each other. It's a nasty cycle. And we got to be real with ourselves. Like, at what point are we going to look ourselves in the mirror and deal with the pain and the anguish that we are feeling? And that's what this last year and a half has been about for me. I had to really just look at the whole situation and deal with it and it was it was it was not a good feeling it was not a good process um but i learned a lot from it and i can really truthfully say that i've healed because i don't i no longer want to take her out (laughs) (laughs) i'm no longer like on site i'm I'm, you know i'm just gonna beat the brakes off you or let you have the wealth for uh So I I know that I, I, you know, I've healed. I know that I'm in a place where I can now move forward. I actually pray for her. I actually pray for her and her daughter. Her daughter's still my baby. That's that's always going to be my baby. She's not my stepdaughter. That's my baby. And it it hurts me that I can't have that relationship like I, I like to have. That hurts. And I can remember... When I found out, it was the very beginning of the year. It was 2017. It was New Year's Day when I found out, really for real, for real, what had happened. And I had to, I had to really get away. I took like two or three days, just by myself in just a dark room. And really, I didn't cry over the fact that you know she cheated. I cried. After I had conversations with God, because at that particular time, I was far away from God. I just, there was no communication between me and God. And God just let me know that what she did to you, you've pretty much done to me. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I cried. I cried for two straight days. Because I love God and I know just as as a you know, born and raised in church, just giving a little bit about me, born and raised in church, kinda of fell out the church, did my own thing, chased skirts, went on tours as a drummer, and then came back to the church. And got married, got serious about ministry, about twenty six, twenty seven. Got married at 28 and 
was really serious, was really in love, was really serious and trying to be the best husband I could be. And to know that I had gotten to that point that everything had gotten to me so bad that I was far away from God. That was the farthest I'd ever been away from God. And I realized when he said that, that that's what had happened. And what she did to me, I was doing to him. And that broke me. That broke me. That broke me to a place of repentance. It broke me to a place of really realigning myself and refocusing on my purpose. And that right there allowed me to try instead of just trying to end my marriage, to try to make my marriage work. I figured if there was ever going to be something I'm going to fight for, wouldn't my marriage be the main thing? Right. So that's what I tried to do. And uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out because it was it was so far gone. Um, and you no, know, she 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 made her decision. And I was seven months trying to make it work, and then it just got to the point where I just couldn't take it anymore. I just realized I can't love for two. So I went ahead and filed for. Um, the divorce I fought for it and the last time I talked to her was July 3rd 2017 I had no communication with her after that I completely cut her off and didn't say anything to her and a lot of people have, you know a few people have asked me about that why didn't I say anything to her and really the answer is twofold I didn't really have anything to say to her and I really didn't have anything positive to say to her the only thing that would have happened was it would have been a, a, a ugly situation. I probably would have ended up in jail or somebody would have ended up hurt or possibly dead. So I decided that it was just best for me to not really say anything and just let my actions speak louder than my words. And so I went ahead and filed for the divorce. Uh, it took me a couple months to, to get that all together. And then the divorce was final in, in October early November matter of fact around my birthday I didn't celebrate it but I was kind of thrilled that you know I was off that roller coaster so um, and this, like I said this last year has been really just a refinding loss just trying to reestablish who I am reestablish my purpose reestablish my hopes goals and dreams and they led me down here to Pensacola so here I am and I met some some great people along the way. You know, I met my co-host Brandon. I appreciate you uh, for being in my life, man, because you've really helped me tremendously. Trying and re trying to reestablish uh, my life. And it, you know, after I hit the reset button, I appreciate you. You're welcome. Appreciate you. So I'm glad to be able to have this platform uh, to, in which to to talk about our journeys, and our truths, our just who we are, so to speak. So, um, another thing, you know, I can understand, you know, the MGTOW situation of being hurt that bad, but God was able to reestablish me. If it wasn't for my relationship with him, 
I really don't know if I would have made it past that situation. So, you know, I completely understand the 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 hurt. Now, you know, I love women too much to ever allow that to 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 be, you know, I'm never going to deal with women again, but I get it. That hurt is it it hurts and sometimes it's unbearable. And it sometimes it allows you to, if you don't have a relationship with God that allows you to make irrational decisions and even make whole <laughs> whole <laughs> whole, you know, movements on that. So, but yeah, I I can't wait to really be able to interview somebody from that movement to see, you know, exactly where they are. Jump on in here, man. How did I go from being hurt to wanting to date again to wanting to get married? That is a great question. I took a year off if I'm able to help anyone out with what I'm about to say I hope you listen to this if you have gotten out of a relationship recently don't start trying to date again immediately yeah yeah, yeah. even if the relationship ended and it wasn't necessarily a bad ending because all relationships don't end on bad terms True. Some relationships end just say, hey, this is not working. We're going to go our separate ways. Even in that, I think that you have to take a break. That's what I did. I took a break, a real break. Right. You know, sometimes we say, I'm going to take a break and we'd still be sliding and jiving and whatever. I <laughs> know um, I took a real break. No romantic interaction at all and I did a lot of things by myself and I found out being alone is not so bad waking up when I want to how I want to <laughs> if I don't want to put the seat down on the toilet hey that's okay <laughs> You know, right. if if all I got in my refrigerator is uh, leftover pizza <laughs> and an open can of pineapples, <laughs> that's okay. And some bread that's moldy, and that's okay. It's mine, and that's liberating in and of itself. Is learning how to be alone. Exactly. And you know what? And just to, just to interject right quick. That is one of the most important things that we can learn to do. Because if you are not okay with yourself going into the relationship, you can't, you're not gonna, <laughs> the relationship's gonna fail off top because you ain't ready. You ain't ready. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. I was alone. I enjoyed it. I went to the movies alone. I went to the club alone. You was over there dating yourself, huh? I, I had a good time. Now, I had to struggle with alcoholism, which is a whole other subject. Uh, no, that we're definitely going to dive into. That we 
I do want to share my story about that because I believe it'll help someone. Heck, it even helps me to just admit it and speak it. Mm. But um, I had fun. And I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I went fishing by myself. What else did I do? I went out to eat by myself. I went to the casino by myself. I mean, I was having a ball. And then, I was playing. I'm a musician. And I was playing at this... um, I was playing for a special program for another church that's not my own church. I'm a musician at my church, but I, uh, someone hired me to play for a special program and we had choir practice. Uh, and I saw this, 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 this woman, she was light skinned. She had short hair. She had eyes that reminded me of Bambi. Them doe eyes will get you, bro. And she had to lead a song. And, of course, that meant I had to work with her because they hired me to be a musician. And the person who hired me, I asked him, I said, hey, Doc. After the fact. I said, hey, Doc, who was that woman that sang that song? Because there was several, uh, well, excuse me, a couple of women that uh, led songs for that program. And he said, which one? And I described, he described different ones. And I said, no, that's not her. He described another. No, that's not her. Then described this other one. I said, that's her. What's her name? And uh, he said, Karen. He said, why are you interested in her? I said, yeah, there's something special about her. I'd like to take her out. And the first thing he told me was, well, and I thought it was quite funny looking back on it. He <laughs> said, you got to come correct with her. You can't take her to a buffet uh, to go out to eat. You got to <laughs> you gotta take her to the, uh, uh, the Grand Marlin, which for our listening audience, that's a a nice seafood restaurant. We're down going here. to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. <laughs> it kind of, you know, him being a man, I'm a man, my pride, you right, know, right. I'm not broke, but then I'm not rich either. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that got me to thinking, well, how much is she going to cost? <laughs> you know, I've never had that right. issue to where I couldn't afford a particular date. And I've never been to the Grand Marlin. Uh, my pastor, he even recommended it. Because I'm, I'm new to the area as well. Not as new as uh, Carlos is, but... Anyway. He said, well, you want me to give her your number? And that kind of reminded me of high school. You know what I mean? I, I right. haven't had to do that in a long time. Play a wing, know, man. I, I, I make my own move. Or exactly. what the, uh, people say now, I shoot my own shot. Exactly. Exactly. And he... Anyway... He asked her, was it okay if he gave her number to me? And she said it was okay. And some weeks went by. 
And he texted me and said, you're going to miss out on your blessing. And I was like, what in the world? What you mean? What blessing? <laughs> he said, you haven't texted her yet. And I said, what is this dude doing? You know, checking up on me if I'm going to text this woman or not. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very busy man, you know. Right, right. Uh, but after the fact, I found out that she even said to him, he hasn't texted me yet. Is something wrong? You know, she was going to move on with her life. But anyway, to come to an end of this discussion, right. I ended up, uh, did texting her. And I ended up actually taking her out. Go to the Grand Marla. We That was the first date. Okay. No, no, no. That was the planned first date. Okay. But I was so excited that I wanted to do a pre-date. <laughs> so you, Did that you make lunch, sense? You had lunch. What did you do? Well, we went to the club. <laughs> and she's really, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and people who know her know she's not a club person. Um, But I forced her to go to the club because I like to, I, let me say, this is past tense. No, it's present tense. I like to party. I just party a different way now. Right. But um, I like to party or liked past tense to party. I party <laughs> a different way now. I, I just... <laughs> when we get in the discussion of the my... my uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Your past. But when we get in discussions about alcoholism and addiction, you know, in the future shows, yeah. I would explain more of my story to you. However, uh, just so you can you know the gist of the story. Just of the story is this: <laughs> I was living my life drinking and having a ball that way. And this woman right here, I, no woman, <laughs> no one, not including my mother, has been able to uh, get through my thick skull to stop drinking. Mm. And I'm not necessarily going to say it was all on. Karen, because obviously, if I didn't want to drink, I wouldn't have. Right. But um, God, she was she was amused. Used. Um, she was used Karen amused. as a way of uh, getting me to drink, and I haven't drunk, and I'm living a sober life, and I love it. But um, mm. and, and and that in and of itself says this is. The one. Hmm. Hmm. So, like, what? What? Like, okay. She caused you to stop drinking or helped. Well, she helped. Right. She helped because even right now, if I want to drink, I will. Right. True. It's a decision. But she helped in that decision. Mm-hmm. She caused me to think. And then I found that I loved her so much that I didn't want to lose her. And this is deep to me. Mm -hmm. Everyone else I was with, I chose the bottle over them. Over them. Mm -hmm. The bottle was more worth it than them. Mm -hmm. But Karen was worth more than the bottle. And that's what caused me Well, let, let, let's, uh, to, let's elaborate. What what made her worth more than the bottle? What 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 were the attributes that she brought to the table that you just 
cannot live without. She support every aspect of my dreams. I am a Gemini who has ADD <laughs> and am all over the place. But we'll get more into that. Our time has expired. Uh, thank you all for tuning in again. Thank you for listening. Uh, these are the outtakes of our, or, well, I won't even say outtakes. This is kind of extended conversation. Extended conversation of Carlos and I in the last uh, episode, which was our first episode. We've learned a lot from that, and we hope that even in this interlude into our next episode, you all can see our growth that quick. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you next time. We out here.